Glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. Abdicating your monarchy, dethroning yourself. Earlier this month, Danish monarch Queen Marguerite abdicated her royal role that lasted more than five decades. Choosing to pass her royal scepter on to the next generation, she ensured the position's security. Rumors swelled afterwards that Prince Charles might do the same with regard to Prince William. But since he just ascended to the throne a little over eight months ago, it's unlikely that will occur. The prophet Daniel knew, even back in 1600 B.C., who was in charge, regardless of who declared himself king. In chapter 2, verse 21, Daniel declares his praise to God in his book in the Bible. He added that it is God alone who sets up kings and deposes them, giving wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. Our King of kings and Lord of lords, our Almighty God, rules and reigns over heaven and earth. He remains the Alpha and the Omega, no matter who's in authority this side of eternity. It's a daunting thought to imagine how many individuals God has set up. But an even more sobering thought is how often we dethrone God and crown ourselves the Lord of our lives. Though that comes naturally to us in the flesh, it's far from what God intended in the lives of His people. Oh, we might not walk around with a sparkly tiara wrapped in a velvet robe. Our methods are far more subtle, but equally detrimental. We compartmentalize our allegiance to the truth and pepper our conversation with what we deem justifiable lies. We essentially behave as if we know better than God does. So we establish, quote-unquote, our truth, a practice that's become wildly popular in our culture today, even if it is clearly not biblical. And when we do that, our God is not pleased. Our lukewarm status replaces our devotion to God. In Revelation 3, 15-16, we read, I know your works, you are neither cold nor hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. The problem many Christians have in unconsciously taking a seat on the throne, meant only for God, is similar to the one non-Christians have in trusting God in the first place. They don't see Him. The lukewarm Christian trusts in God, the concept, but lacks the courage to trust God as the master planner. They don't really let Jesus take the wheel. They just purport an illusion that he's driving their life. The illusion may fool even them as well as others, but of course God can never be fooled. If we believe God reigns over the nations, as Psalm 47, 8 reminds us, we must behave in a way that reflects that he reigns over our hearts and our lives. Our omniscient God knows this, even if we don't always fully grasp this important truth. There are three ways we can ensure God remains on the throne of our hearts and lives. First, we must acknowledge that He alone belongs there, in our words and in our deeds. Deuteronomy 10.7 reminds us that He is supreme over all gods. He is great and mighty and is to be obeyed. Second, we must submit to His divine authority and obey His commandments and follow His leadings, even when they defy logic and clash with our own selfish agendas. 
Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive ourselves. Do what it says, we are reminded in James 1.22. And finally, we must remain vigilant about securing God's rule and reign so no person or thing usurps his supreme authority over our lives. Paul challenges us in Romans 12.1 to offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, as a kind of spiritual worship. When we worship God, we acknowledge it is He who is Lord of all and that positions us to obey and protect that relationship of king and subject. Join me in the dethroning of self-process as we restore God to His proper seat in the throne room of our hearts. I'd like to share an excerpt now from my first book, The Side Door, and this entry is entitled, Distance from God, Compartmentalized Breaks with God's Law. A more serious and sometimes harder to rectify break from God occurs when we engage in a systematic pattern of willful disobedience to God. Without exception, any break with God's law is grieved by Him. But we dig an even deeper pit when we commit the same sin over and over again, perhaps by misinterpreting God's law or bending its truth to suit our own desires. We water down God's law and its weight in our own lives when we do not follow it to the letter. When an unmarried couple decides to engage in sexual relationships outside of God's law, they might rationalize it by telling themselves they plan to marry soon. Someone regularly stealing money from their company might tell himself that he is owed the money because he's been unfairly paid for many years. These kinds of sins begin to establish a pattern in our lives. Those who commit them find themselves sliding down a slippery slope where they begin to view their own judgment as superior to God's. When we see ourselves like God and try to dilute His laws, we create a gulf so large and seemingly impossible to bridge that only Jesus Christ can remove it. But often pride rears its ugly head. It leads us to the trap and sometimes prevents us from getting out of it. Like Eve, who, as recorded in Genesis, bit into the apple in an attempt to achieve godly wisdom, we fall into the trap of thinking sometimes we know better than God even if we don't always come right out and say it. Our actions tell the sad tale for themselves. The best way to avoid this kind of systematic sin is to remain rooted in God's Word so we can recognize a breach from God's law before it becomes a routine part of our life choices. The tenth time we take God's name in vain, what we say rolls off our tongue much easier than it did the first time. When Peter denied Jesus three times the night before he was crucified, it wasn't until the rooster crowed for the third time, as Jesus predicted, that Peter realized the weight of what he'd done in denying he even knew Jesus. We read in Luke twenty-two, sixty-one, that Jesus turned and looked straight at Peter. Though we are not face to face with Jesus in the same way Peter was, he's always watching us. This is a good thing to remember. We read in 2 Chronicles 16.9, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth. The next time we are tempted to do something that we know deep down is wrong, whether it be for the first time or the hundredth, 
we would do well to imagine Jesus looking us straight in the eye. He sees our every move and knows our every thought. Thankfully, He is also there to forgive us if we humble ourselves and ask for forgiveness, acknowledging that He is God and we are not. And the keys to kingdom living are, when we dilute God's law, we make ourselves gods and set ourselves up for spiritual failure. And the doorpost is, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 1 John 1, 8 Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon. 